Samuel chapter 30, please. start off with these few verses and then I'll tell you what the theme is in a moment but this will kind of set the scene for you so 1 Samuel chapter 30 and uh, this is a story of David and David is not yet king but he's chosen of the Lord the Lord's given him the Holy Spirit and anointed him and said you are going to be the king but he goes through an incredible amount of trials and uh, he actually goes and joins up with the Philistines for a while and then help, help fights with them and so on. Anyway, uh, just towards the end of that period and he's coming into his own and he's got a, a band of people around him. It's, it, we pick it up here in verse 1. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire. Um, so the Amalekites had got there first and they'd burned it and in verse 2 had taken the women captives that were therein they slew not any either great or small but carried them away and went on their way so David and his men came to the city and behold it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep and David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam, uh, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the wife, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And... Uh, it's, it's interesting that David, who was the great king, much beloved by the people, were here, was going to be stoned by those same people. They were that angry at him. And that happened because their wives and their children had been taken away. And by these Amalekites, they probably thought they were never going to see them again. They were grieving. They were emotional. And when that happens, people will direct their anger somewhere, won't they? Um, they often will look for a scapegoat or somewhere to, to just focus that outlet of emotion. And in this situation, it was David. But David's always an example for us, even when he does the wrong thing, how he responds and so on. And, and here, what does he do? It says, he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And we won't read any more of the story of what happens you know, in the following chapters and so on, but David went on to be a great uh, example to the people in his faith. You know, they, one moment they were going to stone him, and then next thing, you know, they're looking to him for, for leadership, for guidance, for, for caring for them, protecting them, taking them through, and they become you know, a great nation. Then his son Solomon makes Israel the greatest that it ever was uh, with peace for 40 years. Um, because of all the situation that David set out for them. Um, the battles he fought, starting with the, you know, when he was only a, a teenager fighting against Goliath, announcing himself on the, the scene, as it were, with his faith. A great victory there. Um, and then all, those, all the persecution where Saul was trying to kill him, but being faithful to, to Israel and, and to the Lord, and eventually becoming a great king who, who served for 40 years himself. 
And um, what we see here is someone who is able to hold his nerve and to stick with the Lord. And, and if anyone's able to hold their nerve, it's us, isn't it? Because we've got the Holy Spirit and we've got God's instruction, his encouragement. And when things go wrong, and we've got each other as well. That's a very important thing, as we, as we heard earlier in the talk this morning. We've got each other to go in each other's houses and encourage one another. But there's times when you, um, when you feel alone, and at the house meeting on um, Friday night, I think Mel mentioned um, Jacob wrestling with the angel, and he was all alone, was that right? Friday night, yes. Um, he was all alone, and that's a particular phrase in that story that stands out, that he was all alone, he wrestled all night. And that's, it's kind of put there to show us that there are going to be times in your walk where you feel all alone, and you've got to wrestle it out with, with whatever force it is through the night and to get the victory you've got to, and you've got to hold your nerve and that's the title of the talk to, today holding your nerve and you know i had a little look on the internet just to find out what the official definition of this this was and i forgot to put it no i didn't here it is um <laughs> to hold one's nerve to remain calm steady and resolute especially in the face of danger or adversity so calm you know not losing it steady keep going resolute you know not not wavering not thrown off course not sort of changing your mind think i'll give up especially in the face of danger or adversity opposition and danger and we see david uh, did all of those things and he was certainly in many dangerous situations and and faced adversity uh, even from close um people close to him his closest advisor turned against him ahithophel uh, his you know cherished son absalom turned against him and, you know, many, many things came against him, and yet he held his nerve to the very end. And uh, it's relevant for us. It's an equality that's much admired. You know, if you look into military history, you know, there'll be examples of, of holding their nerve, you know, from the 300 Spartans at Thermopylae, you know, against the, the huge Persian army in, in 480 BC. And... They all died, but they held their nerve right to the very end. They were trained to do that. Uh, to things like the Battle of Rourke's Drift in 1879 in South Africa, where 100, either from about 140 to 150 British soldiers won a battle against an estimated 3,000 to four, four and a half thousand Zulu warriors. Uh, they made a film from it called Zulu, and they only lost 17 soldiers. And they they didn't lose their nerve. They they fortified a, a farmhouse and they, you know, put a perimeter fence around it and they managed to, to hold off this army. Now, we probably look at something like that now and say, well, they were the, the aggressors in the first place. They shouldn't have been in South Africa. They were, you know, trying to establish a colonial intrusion there. But regardless, these men were just doing their duty, weren't they? And they were there and um, they held their nerve. And there are many, many other examples through uh, history and military history, particularly of um, bravery and courage under, under in danger and adversity and people being calm steady and resolute um, I don't know if you've been uh, watching the World Cup <laughs> who's been watching the World Cup oh quite a few <laughs> well I haven't actually seen any of these penalty shootouts but apparently they've been pretty dramatic and if anyone, if, if there's any time you have to hold your nerve, it's when you're taking a penalty for your country and you're about to be knocked out of the World Cup, isn't it? And um, I believe there was one last night. I didn't see it, but uh, I think uh, 
from the results this morning, Croatia knocked Russia out, is that correct? I didn't see the penalty shootout, but they were talk what I did see was um, the news reports of when England won the other day, and um, they had this terrible record in penalty shootouts, and it said, I'm just quoting from The Guardian here, all the numbers were against England going into the penalty shootout against Colombia. England, three defeats from three World Cup shootouts, so they've had three before and lost every single one. Six defeats in seven shootouts in major tournaments, like they have a, a European tournament called Euro, whatever, Euro 96 or Euro 2016. Um, and it's pretty high level because all the countries left in the, in the World Cup now are European teams. But they had uh, six defeats in seven shootouts in those major tournaments, and they had a 14% win percentage in penalty shootouts. So that's pretty atrocious, isn't it? Uh, the worst of any national team with more than five shootouts to their name. So the, the current coach of England, Gareth Southgate, was actually in the Euro 96 tournament and was picked to, to take the last penalty or the critical penalty. And he didn't want to. He, wasn't even, he didn't even know he was going to be doing it. And it got saved or it got missed. He missed or something. And the guy was absolutely devastated and unconsolable, inconsolable. And... Um, apparently affected his whole life. He's remembered as the guy that, you know, lost them the tournament. They got kicked out of the semi-final or whatever. It's just terrible pressure to put on someone. Um, but anyway, he's the coach now, so he knew what it was like. And so he's been training his team, apparently, for this situation to hold their nerve where they've been playing not only 90 minutes, so they have to play 30 minutes of extra time, and then they go to a penalty shootout, and the team has to stand on the centre line and if they take the penalty, they have to walk the long walk, was it, about 50 metres or something, to the penalty spot, which is 12 metres out from the goal, or 12 yards, and, um, and try and put it in the net. And uh, even experienced players will miss and because of the pressure of the situation and because of uh, the fatigue that they've had after two hours of playing at a high level and so on. So uh, that's, a, that's just an, a current example of holding the nerve, but Britain... Uh, England, England rather, it's not Britain, England, won this penalty shootout and now they reckon they've got the hoodoo off their back and they can go on and win the whole thing, right? <laughs> Yay! I was born in England. Go England! <laughs> but there's just an example you can relate to, right? A penalty shootout. We probably, those who've played sport, probably know those kind of situations. You sort of dream of being the guy that kicks the goal after the siren, eh, Tony, in the grand final and, and wins for your team, but what if you miss? You're the other guy, <laughs> the guy everyone hates. You know, if you come from Colombia or Brazil or Peru, you get death threats for, for the rest of your life. And there was one guy that was actually killed by someone assassinated for missing a penalty. So um, high stakes. You know, we see how passionate people get about sport at the moment. Anyway, let's go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Don't want to talk about sport all afternoon. <laughs> 2 Chronicles 20. And um, this is a story that you probably, those of you that have read the, through the Bible, know well, uh, and we come back to. But to me, it's, it's the number one example of holding your nerve in many, many different ways. And I think it's here for us. 
uh, when you are in situations, and you will all be in situations where you have to hold your nerve, where you have people, you may be unsaved relatives or friends, work colleagues, giving you advice on what you should do, and you know what the Bible says to do the opposite, and you know that that is the right thing to do, even though it looks dumb to them, it looks naive, and you have to hold your nerve and say, no, I believe in this. And I've heard your testimonies. You've said things like, I went into the doctors and I said, I believe in a God who does miracles. He's going to heal me. And the doctor sort of goes, hmm, you know, one of them. You know, a bit of a crack, a religious nut who thinks, you know, that God does miracles. Well, we, we actually do believe that. And all people said. So we have to stick our necks out and we have to hold our nerve from time to time. It's not every day of the week, but... It happens. Let's just read from verse 1. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other besides the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. And there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria. And behold, they be in Hazon Tamar, which is in Gedi. And uh, this is a huge uh, hostile army, the Moabites and the Ammonites, and also later on you'll read about the children of Mount Seir. So three different nations that came against them and they were just on the march. They were on the way. Uh, it was too late to, to parley with them, to negotiate. They were on the way and they outnumbered Jehoshaphat and his Jerusalem army. In verse 3, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art thou not God in heaven? And rulest thou not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil comes upon us, as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house, and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. And that's what God has promised. If we cry unto him in our affliction, he will hear and help. Verse 10. And now behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldst not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned not from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, will thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company which comes against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And I always find this inspiring because Jehoshaphat was like Jacob wrestling with the angel, was alone here. He couldn't really turn to the people and say, what should we do? They were in fear like David's people who were fearing for the wives and the children and wanting to stone him, they would have been in much fear. And they would have said, you know, let's negotiate or let's do, run away or do this or that. But if we look at verse 3, Jehoshaphat takes the lead here. He feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And 
And this was his first move of faith. And sometimes making that first move is the hardest thing. You know, if you haven't, if you don't sort of set it and you start to slide a little bit, it's hard to bring it back. So that's the first thing. And and then in the next verse it says, And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Now that's not a small thing. If you come out of your city and you go to Jerusalem, you're going to be staying there. You're going to need food. You're going to need accommodation. You've got your children with you that need caring for and so on. This is a big deal. You're leaving your work in the fields and so on. This is commitment. They gave their time. It's like us saying, this is a really big trial. I need to seek the Lord. I'm going to have a prayer and fast about it, You know, whether a one day or a half day or a two day or a three day or whatever you choose to do. I'm going to give up some time, make a commitment here, because this is a huge trial. And I need your help to hold my nerve. And I think as we look at the story, we see Jehoshaphat held his nerve. He was also very honest. As he says in verse 12, we don't have enough might against this great company. I don't know what to do. All I know is I'm looking at you. You're the answer. And... I don't know what the answer is, but somewhere you've got it. And we read on, And all Judah stood before the Lord, their little ones, their wives and their children, and they're all looking at him. And there might be times when you're in that situation, people are looking to you. You know, maybe you have to say, hey, let's have some prayer here. You know, everyone's talking about what solutions, or should we do this, should we do that? And you say, hey, let's have some prayer. You know, that takes a bit of courage to sort of say it and speak out and and do that you know if you're maybe you're you're a bit younger than everyone or um you know it's not normally your role and you say hey why don't we try praying about this then upon jahaziel in verse 14 the son of zechariah the son of benaiah the son of jeel the son of and so on it gives his whole genealogy came the spirit of the lord in the middle of the in the midst of the congregation so the lord sent his spirit to inspire someone to speak up uh, the prophet here Verse 15, and he said, Hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Now this encouragement and this direct statement from the Lord and it would never have come if Jehoshaphat hadn't held his nerve right from the very start. If he hadn't, in verse 3, feared and set himself to seek the Lord. First in his heart, you know, and then in outwardly as he encouraged the people and then the people respond and then he's willing to admit in front of them all, I don't know what to do. And, you know, that's not something that a king is, is normally likely to do. He normally says, well, I've got the answers and make something up. We see that in, uh, in other places, Jeremiah and so on. Um, but God says to them, don't worry, this is my battle. I'm going to win this one. Tomorrow go down, down against them. Behold, they come up by the, the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand you still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. And... So he, again, in verse 18 here, leads the way and bows his, his face and puts his face on the ground. I mean, 
people are used to seeing a king sitting on his throne, taking the glory, you know, being worshipped or respected or revered, not with his face on the ground. But he humbled himself, and that was a leadership action because they all did the same. In verse 19, And the Levites, the children of the Kohathites, of the children of the Kohites, stood up to praise the Lord God with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. And you know, in verse 12, he said he didn't know what to do, but now he's heard the prophet He's inspired, believe this prophet, and, and that's why we need to, to get together and we need to talk to each other and iron sharpens iron and we need to remind each other about scriptures because we say, don't forget that verse. You know, that, that's the one you need in this situation. Or well, how about this one? And you'll prosper. Again, if we, uh, if we follow the Bible instruction, we get a Bible result. If we do it, the worldly way and the worldly advice, we get a worldly result. Right, Tess? <laughs> and uh, we want the Bible result because the Bible result is an awesome result. Um, and verse 21, And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. So I don't want you to be going out and just thinking, Okay, the battle's going to be won, but how's it going to happen? Um, you know, trembling, hiding behind shields or whatever. He said, We're going to send out our singers. We're going to praise the Lord. We're going to be bold here. It's like that, that testimony I mentioned, you know, that I've heard just recently. Someone said, I believe in a God of miracles who can heal me and told the doctor that. And it's like putting the praise out. I believe in a God who does miracles. That is praising the Lord to someone, you know, I won't say the enemy, but to, to someone in the world. Here they actually had an army against them. And they began to sing in praise. And the Lord set amb ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. All in one verse. Bang. Done. End of story. You know, they, the battles are won right here in one verse. They sang, they praised, the Lord did all the rest. They didn't actually lift a, a sword in the air to smite anyone. And we'll read how it happened. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. When does that ever happen? <laughs> I want you to go into battle. Try not to kill each other. No, generally armies are pretty coherent, right, Phil? And they sort of stick together and they know who the enemy is. They don't sort of fight each other and kill each other. But the Lord does amazing things. And that's what happened in this situation. Unexpected results. We shouldn't close our mind and think, this is, this is how it's got to happen. Perhaps you don't get that healing you've witnessed to the doctor, but he's going to do something good anyway. And, you know, you have to be by faith and patience you inherit the promises. God doesn't lie. He will fulfill his promise. He just might not do it the way you expect. So here's an unexpected result. Uh, verse 24, And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away, for there were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. 
who takes all their jewels into battle with them? The Lord must have set that up too. Hey, this battle, I think you Ammonites and Moabites, I want you to put on your best jewellery just so I can um, deliver it into the hands of the Israelites. And on the fourth day, they assembled themselves in the valley of Berakar, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of the same place was called the valley of Berakar unto this day. And they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem and Jehoshaphat in the forefront of them to go again to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. And they came to Jerusalem with psalteries and harps and trumpets into the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. And the Lord's gospel goes out when these miracles happen. And it happens because you held your nerve and you went for the miracle. You didn't, you didn't sort of say, no, it's too big. I'll, um, I'll run away from this one. You hold your nerve. You get the miracle. God is glorified. The gospel goes for further. Um, and verse 30, so the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest round about. So he had the realm, in other words, the, the kingdom, and his reign was a quiet one. And he earned that by the grace of God because of his faith, by holding his nerve. If he hadn't, he probably would have had trouble and trials and all sorts of things. But he earned that peace, and we can earn our peace too. You know, you have to go through a, a, a terrible trial. And sometimes it goes on for eight years or however long yours has gone on for. Um, but you can still earn it if you hold your nerve. And that's what uh, the scriptures encourage us over and over again. Okay, just winding up, let's look at uh, Isaiah chapter 30. Just one verse here, verse 15. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall you be saved, in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength, but you would not. Israel wouldn't, wouldn't stick with it. 15. Isaiah 30, verse 15. In returning and rest shall you be saved, in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. And we have to come boldly before the throne of grace. But, and we praise the Lord, and we give him the glory, and we stand on our faith, we stand on our confidence, and that will be our strength. That will be our strength to get through. His strength, not ours. And last verse in Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. We don't worry about what it looks like when we stand on the scriptures, if people don't understand it, if it seems foolish, because we know that this is truth. The truth, God is invisible. The, the, the true things of God are invisible, they're eternal, but they're true. There are many things in this world that are invisible that are still true. Think about love. That's real, and yet it's invisible, isn't it? And everything about God, God is not visible. He's a spirit. 
He's true. In fact, he's truer than the visible world. And what we need to do is not seek to please men, but stand on the word of God, hold our nerve, and see the salvation of God. And all people see. Amen. And as Pastor Simon said this morning, when we mentioned about Pakistan, if you could all pray.